hoping to inflate their 2022 hopes, Democrats bet big on talking about abortion, but the polls suggest it isn't a smart strategy. Meanwhile, leftists try to intimidate Supreme Court justices by standing outside their homes. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, speaking of all of this, have you ever read the fine print that appears when you start browsing in incognito mode? What you will notice is that nothing you are doing is incognito. Like pretty much everybody can see exactly what you are doing. It actually says your activity might still be visible to your employer, your school, or your ISP. How can they even call that incognito? To really stop people from seeing the sites you visit, you need to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. Think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, a hotel, even at your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the admin of that network. That is still true even when you're in incognito mode. That means you really want your parents to see what you have been looking at. What's more, your home internet provider can also see and record your browsing data. In the US, they can actually sell that data to advertisers, for example, ExpressVPN protects all of your online data. It anonymizes that online data. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. It's really easy to use. This is my thing, right? All I know is that I have to hit one button to download it and one button to activate it. And now nobody can see what I'm doing online, which frankly is what I care about. I don't want people stealing my credit card numbers or viewing what I view online. And none of that's their business. Stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Get three extra months for free. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben to learn more. Well, the controversy over the rejection of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court that is expected to come down sometime in the next couple of weeks, that continues. Democrats are now trying to take advantage of the Supreme Court's presumed decision in order to make political hay. They believe that if they just shout abortion from the rooftops, millions of Americans are going to show up in a swing election year and they are going to show up for Democrats. And the data just do not suggest that this is true. I think the Democrats are so deep in their bubble that they really think that if they just shout about abortion, that a bunch of people are going to show up and vote Democrat. And these statistics, again, they're ju- the evidence is just not there. So according to NBC News, this is the Democrat strategy. They can't run on inflation. They can't really run on Ukraine because, frankly, that's not an issue that galvanizes voters. They can't run on crime. They can't run on the future of the country. And so they're going to try to run on the idea that if Republicans win the Senate and if they win the Congress, that they are going to immediately outlaw abortion across the country federally, and that Americans are going to be so upset about this possibility that they are then going to rush to the polls and reject Republicans en masse. Here is Chuck Todd trying to sum this strategy up. Here's younger voters in a presidential year. They are they become almost one in five voters. But in midterm years, you can see here young voters down to the 12, 13 percent, even in a, that good Democratic year of 18, younger voters didn't quite get out. Meanwhile, those 65 plus voters are far more likely to go to the polls no matter the election. The question now is, could a Supreme Court opinion that overturns a nearly 50 year precedent row be enough to alter that picture and motivate a younger electorate? The answer is no, it will not be enough to do any of those things. Because again, those stats are extraordinarily consistent. Young people don't show up for midterms. They do show up for presidential elections. That is not going to change because young people are so desperate for abortion, particularly because the number of abortions is down in the United States pretty dramatically. Contraceptives are widely available. It is pretty incredible that the entire left is betting on the necessity of abortion in an era where contraceptives ranging from condoms to the pill are extraordinarily cheap and available and plentiful. You're not talking about an era where none of this stuff is available. All of this stuff is available literally everywhere. Plus, younger people are having less sex Younger people are less involved in relationships. Younger people, frankly, are are largely addicted to pornography. And so the idea that this is like the galvanizing issue for a bunch of 20-year-olds, 
only for the very core group of people who are on Twitter, which is not representative. But Democrats are doubling down on this. They're tripling down on this, quadrupling down on this. According to Politico, the Senate is now teeing up an abortion vote. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is expected to file cloture today on a bill by Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut that would enshrine a statutory right to abortion nationwide. The move will set up the upper chamber for a Wednesday vote though the roll call will almost certainly fail to garner the 60 votes necessary to clear the filibuster. That's what happened to a similar proposal earlier this year. Democrats are, are being really stupid about this. According to Politico, there's a debate inside the party over whether the party is better off trying to go it alone on the legislation or to take a more bipartisan approach by calling up an alternative to the Blumenthal bill that's narrower in scope and backed by two Republican senators, Collins and Murkowski. But Schumer is choosing the former approach. He's trying to, again, get the base really, really revved up for the midterms by trying to pass a federal vote that would, on the federal level, legalize mandatory abortion law that would trump all state law up to point of birth. This is not a position held by even close to a majority of Americans. Some of the polling data that people are constantly citing about how Americans don't want Roe versus Wade overturned, and therefore they're going to support some bill at the federal level that enshrines Roe's trimester scheme. The data don't support that. Again, they are just reading the top line of the polls. They're not reading underneath the bottom line of the polls. And one of the reasons that they're seizing on the top line of the polls is specifically because the bottom line of the polls don't represent what Democrats say they do. So, for example, Democrats keep saying over and over and over again that the public does not want Roe versus Wade overturned. So Jen Psaki, for example, from the White House over the weekend, she had this to say. You told reporters it's not a political issue because it's supported by a majority of the American public. That's true. You later amended that to saying it's not a partisan issue. Right, exactly. But a portion of the public is passionately opposed to abortion, and it's a key political battle in every Supreme Court nomination fight. So how can you say it's not a partisan or political issue? Well, according to a Fox News poll, nearly two-thirds of the public does not want Roe v. Wade to be overturned. What about the others? Well, two-thirds of the public mm -hmm. means that is the vast majority of the public. Okay, but here is the problem with this particular poll stat. What the polls actually suggest, according to an abstract from Springer Link, this is from Kristen Joskowski, Brandon Crawford, Ronna Turner, and Wen Lo at Sexuality Research and Social Policy as of 2020. 66% of the public thinks that if Rose overturned, abortion immediately becomes illegal everywhere in the United States. So when you hear the Democrats say that the vast majority of the public doesn't want Roe overturned, what they mean is the vast majority of the public does not want abortion to be made illegal all the way across the country back to point of birth. But when again, when you look to the underlying stats with regard to abortion, what you find is that over and over again, the public sees that they don't want a lot of abortion restrictions in, say, the first 10 weeks of pregnancy. But once you get past the first trimester of pregnancy, they want heavy abortion restrictions, most of which are illegal under Roe versus Wade. So the public literally doesn't know what it's talking about. And then the Democrats cite the public not knowing what it's talking about as a presumptive argument on behalf of their extreme abortion position. So what the public actually feels, I'm talking about broad national public, which again, even to talk that way is really stupid because once abortion is a state level decision, the politics in Mississippi do not look like the politics in Illinois. And so trying to aggregate those numbers and then say, well, there's a broad national consensus about this issue is really, really dumb. People feel very strongly one way in Mississippi. They feel very strongly the other way in Illinois. That does not mean you can aggregate the public and then say there's a broad national majority. That's really, that's not the way any of that stuff happens to work. And when you do that, what you end up doing is nationalizing policy that has a broad disagreement at the local level. But beyond that, the simple fact is that where there is broad agreement in the United States is that most people don't want abortion banned outright all the way back to point of birth. And no one, I mean, almost, literally almost no one, 
wants abortion to be legal for any reason up to point of birth. That is the Democratic Party position being pushed by Chuck Schumer. And he thinks that's a winner for them. He thinks that's a winner. I mean, really, that's that's wild. That is a wild thing for, for Democrats to believe, because, again, the data don't back it. But they're going to push on the. But, when I say that the data don't back this, I mean, every piece of data we have does not back the idea that this abortion move by the Supreme Court is going to be the big decider in the election. I'm looking right now at the real clear politics polling average in the congressional generic ballot. And you know what it shows? No movement whatsoever since this news broke. So people are sending this Economist YouGov poll that shows Democrats up six points. Okay, but the Economist YouGov poll has been consistently pro-Democratic all the way through this election cycle. Just a month ago, it had the Democrats up five. So nothing has changed. However, the CNN poll has Republicans up slightly in the generic congressional ballot, which again is consistent with the other CNN polls during the cycle. The, the latest CNN poll actually has Republicans up 49-42. That shows them up actually slightly more than it did just earlier this week when it had Republicans up one. The current generic congressional ballot Republican poll, or Fox News poll rather, from the end of April, beginning of May, that poll shows Republicans up seven. In other words, the polling data do not support the idea that there's a vast shift in the minds of the American public about how they're going to vote in the upcoming election. And yet Democrats keep saying this sort of stuff because they truly believe that people think like they do. But Reuters has a piece this morning pointing out that suburban Phoenix is cautionary tale for Democrats hoping to galvanize voters on abortion. And what they find is they talk to a dozen women in this suburban Phoenix area thinking that the war on women rhetoric was going to work. And what they found is that these women didn't care. So, for example, quote, Laura Wilson is a mother of three who lives in the sprawling suburbs of North Phoenix, a hotly contested electoral era of Arizona that could decide which party controls the U.S. Senate after November's congressional elections. Wilson, 61, is pro-choice, voted for Joe Biden, knew all about the news last week. The U.S. Supreme Court is likely poised to overturn Roe versus Wade. Yet Wilson said she is undecided about who she will vote for this November and abortion rights are not a priority for her. Quote, it's the economy and jobs. She said she was disappointed in Biden because of high inflation and too many homeless people on the streets. Wilson was one of 21 women interviewed by Reuters in the northern suburbs of Phoenix after news of the Supreme Court draft ruling broke. Most of the women said inflation, not abortion, was the galvanizing issue for them. Significantly, the interviewees were from a key swing demographic group, suburban mothers, who are hotly sought after by both Democrats and Republicans in elections. The interviews, while not a large sample, provide a sobering reminder for Democrats that inflation is still the most pressing issue for Americans who are grappling with soaring food and fuel costs and have given Biden low marks in opinion polls for his economic policies. Yet Democrats want to talk abortion because they think that it's going to distract from the inflation conversation. It is not. It is not going to work. So they're still trotting out Kamala Harris, thinking that when she yells about abortion and killing the unborn, that somehow this is going to drive voters to the polls. It's not. First of all, she's really bad at this. And second of all, this is not, I promise you, Democrats, if you run on this, you're not going to win. It's just not going to work for you. We are once again forced to defend fundamental principles that we hoped were long settled. Principles like the freedom to vote, the rights of women to make decisions about their own bodies, even what constitutes the truth, especially in an era when anyone can post anything online and claim it is a fact. These folks are Orwellian in their abuse of the English language. In an era where people challenge the truth, she literally cannot define the word woman. And yet she is talking on a stage about not being able to define the truth. And then she's talking about abortion as a fundamental American right, which is an amazing, amazing statement. If, 
if your notion of fundamental rights involves killing of your own preborn child, I have to say your notion of fundamental rights is perverse. And this is not a winner for Democrats. And they, they can keep doing this. I mean, honestly, keep doing it, really. Keep trotting out Ayanna Presley to explain that it's the far-right extremism of the Supreme Court obstructing the will of the people. I love this. This is one of my favorite Democratic arguments, is that when the Supreme Court says we're going to now allow this to go back to the states for voting, this is somehow anti-democratic. This is one of my favorites. It is clear that this Supreme Court continues to obstruct the will of the people because majority of Americans um, support Roe v. Wade, do not want it overturned. And the far-right extremism of this Supreme Court has obstructed the will of the people when it comes to voting rights, when it comes to housing rights, and now when it comes to reproductive freedom, justice, and bodily autonomy. So if you're not outraged, you are not paying attention. So Democrats keep saying over and over and over that the vast majority of Americans want to uphold Roe. Well, that is mainly because Americans don't even know what Roe says. We'll get to that in a moment. First, your home is really, really important to you, right? It's not just the place you live. It is also probably your biggest investment tool. Home values are now up about 20%. This is a big deal because you're able to access that equity as cash at incredibly low interest rates, which makes it easier to pay off your high interest debt, fund home renovations, add to your savings account, do whatever you need to because it's your money. Now, if this sounds like something that you might be interested in, at the very least, you need to call up my friends over at American Financing. They're gonna give you a free mortgage review so you can understand options before you move forward. There's no pressure, no upfront or hidden fees. They're not like that. Instead, they take the time to get to know you so they can find the perfect loan to achieve your goals. It could mean savings of up to 12 grand a year, but only if you choose American financing. So why not get that free mortgage evaluation right now and see what you can do? Call 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182-334, NMLS Consumer Access Again, give them a call at 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. Okay, so again, this also relies, so much of this relies on people being ignorant about actual abortion policy. So the whole Roe versus Wade conversation has been skewed because the media have led people to believe the absolute falsehood that if Roe is overruled, that magically abortion is suddenly banned across the country. I mean, honestly, I wish, but it's not going to happen. They, they also, people on the left do not understand that America is an extreme outlier in terms of its wildly left abortion policy. Now, Bill Maher on his show over the weekend, he was like, yeah, then I looked up what European abortion policy is and I realized that America is way more permissive on abortion than any other European country. And that is correct. According to the Wall Street Journal, Europe is where abortion is legal in most countries, but usually with limits that are more strict than Americans and generally as a result of democratic choice. The most notable feature of abortion in Europe is that each country has tailored its laws to local mores after political debate. Britain and the Netherlands are among the most permissive, allowing abortion under most circumstances up to 24 weeks of pregnancy at taxpayer expense in Britain's National Health Service. Poland and a handful of small majority Catholic countries are at the other end of the spectrum, banning abortion under most circumstances, although women can avail of free movement within the EU to travel to another country. Abortion in Sweden is available on demand up to 18 weeks. After that, only with medical permission if the fetus is inviable. In Italy, it's only the first 90 days. Many countries like Denmark, Germany, and Belgium allow abortion on demand to the 12th week. France recently extended to 14. In Portugal, it's 10. Hey, people in the United States tend to think of Europeans as very progressive. We are far more left-wing on abortion than anybody else. And guess what? Guess what? This is not the most divisive issue in Europe. All these countries get to tailor their policies. So Democrats keep pushing hard and fast on this issue. And it is, it is a mistake. And the more extreme they look, the more of a mistake it is. So you've seen the Democratic Party refuse to now condemn the leak of a majority opinion that has not yet been released by the Supreme Court. You can't find a single major Democrat on the national level to condemn this thing. The only person I've even heard who's remotely condemned this thing is Senator Mark Warner from Virginia. 
who said they didn't like the leak. He's the only one, literally the only one. Joe Biden wouldn't do it. Jen Psaki wouldn't do it. Chuck Schumer wouldn't do it. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't do it. Apparently, all of them now think that leaks of majority opinions from the Supreme Court are totally fine. Not only that, you couldn't get the White House to openly condemn people showing up at justices' house, houses to protest them, which is inherently threatening. If you show up outside my home, that is a threat. That's just the way this works. If you show up outside my place of business, it's a place of business, I understand. Places of businesses are not your home. Where I live with my kids, you show up outside my home, quote unquote, protesting me with a mob, that is a threat. That is an inherent threat. And anybody who says differently is lying to you. I don't, if people do this on the right, it's wrong. If people do it on the left, it's wrong. But it is people on the left who are doing it right now. So Nancy Pelosi over the weekend, she continued to call for pressure on the justices. First of all, no one should be calling for outside pressure on justices because that's not how the judicial system is supposed to work. As I've mentioned 1,000 times, if in the criminal justice system, you had a bunch of protesters outside a courthouse saying, we need to hang this person. And then the judge was like, well, I wasn't going to before, but now I am. That would be the essence of a bad justice, a bad judge. But this is what Democrats want. So here's Nancy Pelosi saying that we need to pressure the justices. The chief justice has said this is this is authentic, but it is not final. I don't want mm-hmm. to use the word authentic. It's right. real, but not final. So, uh, again, the, uh, Lincoln said public sentiment is everything. With it, you can yeah. accomplish almost anything. Without it, nothing. And women just have to weigh in. I don't yeah. think there's a good outcome here, but I think there's a better outcome than what we have seen in the first draft, which is radical. So she thinks that if you just go outside these people's houses and you yell at them, that they're going to change the nature of the majority opinion. Again, if that were the case, this would not be a judiciary worth listening to. If the judiciary simply switched its opinion based on people yelling at them from outside the building, that is not a judiciary anybody should treat with any level of respect because that is not how justice is supposed to work. But this has to be tied into, it's amazing. The Democrats will talk about dangerous rhetoric, Trump's dangerous rhetoric, such dangerous rhetoric. They can't get a single major Democrat to condemn people going to the homes of Supreme Court justices and inherently threatening them because we have footage of that. Over the weekend, outside multiple justice homes, Justice Kavanaugh, they showed up outside Justice Roberts' home, which again, I don't even know why you're showing up outside Roberts' home. He's not part of the majority. They showed up outside Alito's home. I mean, this is vile stuff. It really is. Here's some of the footage. Why are you shouting codify Roe outside of Justice's home? He's not part, they're not part of the legislative branch. This is on like a residential street. Pro-life is a lie. We don't care if people die. These people have kids in their homes. We will not go back. Again, I have an idea for you. If you if you do not wish to have an abortion in 99.9% of cases, don't get pregnant. And when I say 99.9% of cases, I'm excluding rape and incest here. There are arguments you can make about rape and incest. The vast majority of pregnancies have to do with consensual sex that results in a pregnancy that you don't necessarily want. Okay, that, In other words, there's a chain of decision-making that leads to the pregnancy in which you are involved. But... Put all that aside, these people who are showing up outside of Supreme Court justices' homes and shouting at them, and the Democrats who are incentivizing this sort of stuff. As I said before, I think it's an act of immorality that Justice Roberts won't just release the decision at this point. Justice Alito is now in an undisclosed location. I'm not kidding you. You have Supreme Court justices who are now living in hiding because of this, while the president of the United States says nothing. 
That's incredible. And it's vile. And that is not an electoral winner. By the way, the, if you're talking about violence breaking out, again, you, you've heard about, oh, this right-wing violence, so much right-wing violence. I haven't heard a lot of national coverage of the fact that there was a Wisconsin, a Wisconsin pro-life group's headquarters vandalized in Madison, Wisconsin, including spray-printed graffiti that read, quote, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. That's the Wisconsin Family Action Center. Their mission is to advance Judeo-Christian principles and values in Wisconsin by strengthening, preserving, promoting marriage, family, life, and liberty. Apparently, they firebombed the place. The, the suggestion is that a Molotov cocktail was thrown inside the office and failed to ignite. A separate fire was started by some other method as well inside this Wisconsin pro-life office. And of course, you have some Antifa symbolism there as well. So wonderful things happening around the country. That when you are, if I'm amazed at the Democratic Party, I'm not amazed that there are people who are who are evil enough that they wish to go vandalize pro-life headquarters for the great sin of standing up for the unborn. Uh, that, that's not surprising to me. There's a country of 335 million people. That's a lot of people. You're going to be able to find crazy people and evil people anywhere in that population. I am amazed that a major political party in the United States refuses to condemn leaks of Supreme Court decisions and people protesting outside justices' houses, forcing them into hiding. That's an amazing thing. All righty, coming up, the media, they keep talking about polarization, so much polarization. Also, they're basically begging people to go outside justices' houses and shout at them and threaten them. We'll get to that in a moment. First of all, if all you, you find all this disturbing, right, it's messing with your sleep quality, one of the reasons might be because you have a crappy mattress. You need a better mattress, one that is made just for you. And this is where Helix Sleep comes in. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattresses are great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. Helix even has mattresses with specialized cooling technology if you and your family can't agree on the temperature of the thermostat. So if you're looking for a mattress, take the quiz, order the mattress. It'll come right to your door. It's really easy. Just unpack it. It inflates right in front of you. It's great. We have one. My parents have one. My sister has one. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take that two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. You've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders, two free pillows for our listeners right now at helixsleep.com slash Ben. And the media, of course, are cheering this sort of stuff on. There's a full article in the Washington Post today by Ellie Silverman. It is called Outside Kavanaugh's Home, A Neighbor Rallies for Abortion Rights. Well, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? So how would you feel if your neighbors showed up with a massive group of people to yell at you outside your house? That seemed, that seemed not threatening at all. Lacey Wooten Hallway was walked through Chevy Chase on Wednesday night, pausing to stick flyers on her fence, a tree, and utility boxes. She was advertising an abortion rights protest here in her neighborhood in front of the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. A passing couple paused, reading her sign, honk for repro rights and bodily autonomy. Good, the woman said. That I don't agree with, the man interjected. I think you vote, you expand the court, you don't go to a guy's house. She'd heard the arguments before and responded, quote, I organized peaceful candlelight vigils in front of his house. We're about to get doomsday. So I'm not going to be civil to that man at all. What, what a lovely person. For months, Wooten Hallway, a 39-year-old teaching assistant and aftercare staffer, mother of two and the youngest of five sisters, has taken the unusual step of protesting a neighbor. It's just unusual. It's, it's not bad at all. It's kind of unusual, you know, like a weird thing that you do. Usually she's the only neighbor there. A reminder that with every march and chant, she's breaking an unspoken contract of civility. Neighbors tell her this kind of protest is disrespectful in a place they believe should be private, family-friendly escape from bitter Washington politics. Other people cheer, saying they wouldn't personally join but are encouraged to see someone speaking out. 
Activists and D.C. residents have shouted at political leaders in restaurants, even danced outside of lawmakers' homes in early morning wake-up calls, but they often have a sense of anonymity and togetherness. Wooden Holloway has neither. She's met Kavanaugh. They once coached middle school basketball in the same gym, but for different teams. She's seen his wife, a town manager, at the grocery store. Even if she and the Kavanaugh's don't know each other personally, she thinks it's important for him to hear that people in his own neighborhood vehemently disagree with him. She's furious at the thought of a world without Roe. Uh, this is not how you motivate voters, and it is also not how you are a good person. This makes you a, a rather unpleasant human being. And again, the Democratic Party, they just keep forwarding this sort of stuff. And they keep ratcheting up the rhetoric. They keep ratcheting it up in the hopes that the American people will be scared. I'm sorry, all of us have already died enough times in the past five years from various causes. Uh, your threats of, of doomsday and death no longer have impact. We were all dead of net neutrality years ago. We all died because Trump was elected. And then we all died because of global warming, like multiple times. So your threats that we're all going to die because Roe versus Wade will be overturned and because unfortunately women will still be allowed to have abortions up to the point of birth in states like New York and Illinois and California, I, I, your, your threats are falling on deaf ears. Nancy Pelosi, one of the people really ratcheting this stuff up, she says this is a slap in the face to women. She says disrespectful not to allow women to have abortions. Disrespectful. I, I noticed that it's more disrespectful when you chop up a human in the womb and then suck it into a sink. That's a, I feel like it's a sign of disrespect. How about you? If it happened to me, I'd feel pretty disrespected. Here's Nancy Pelosi talking about lack of respect. This is about uh, something so serious and so personal and so disrespectful of women. Here we are on Mother's Day, a week where the court has slapped women in the face in terms of disrespect yeah. for their uh, judgment about the size and timing of their families. I don't want to hear people like her talk about Mother's Day ever again. It's absurd. It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's an absurdity piled on top of an absurdity to, to hear people talk about the murder of the unborn on Mother's Day. You're invoking Mother's Day to literally talk about why a mother should be able to kill her child in the womb. That does not wash. According to the Democratic Party, I tweeted this out yesterday because I've been tweeting it out consistently for years because this is the position of the Democratic Party now. Mother's Day is person of unspecified, caretaker of unspecified gender whose bills are paid for by the government and also could have killed the child in the womb for what would have been completely understandable purposes. That's Mother's Day. All a mother is a person who is dumb enough to have the baby. Like that's, uh, this is apparently the Democratic Party position. Like it, it, there's no, there, there's nothing moral that attaches to motherhood when you conceive. Pregnancy is a forced imposition by biology and evil Republicans. You're not supposed to take care of your kids. Everybody else is supposed to take care of your kids. Like this party celebrating Mother's Day, is, they can't even tell you what a, a woman is. And then they're telling you that, that on Mother's Day, how dare you oppose abortion on Mother's Day? Thoth, serious. How dare you oppose abortion on Mother's Day? Is how dare you oppose infanticide on Father's Day? What in the world? What? The entire purpose of Mother's Day is to celebrate people who give birth and who have children that grow inside them, the greatest miracle that exists on planet Earth. And the entire Democratic Party has now centralized, apparently, around the philosophical position that you should possibly see your own child as a bodily invader akin to some sort of cancerous polyp. As a moral opponent that you can decide completely subjectively, is either the greatest gift ever given to you or a cancerous polyp you should carve up and, and flush down the toilet. That is the moral position of people who are now citing Mother's Day. <sighs> Amazing stuff. See, uh, some of us don't have trouble celebrating Mother's Day. Like I celebrated Mother's Day with my wife last yesterday with our three kids, all of whom knew that mommy loved them because guess what? They are, they are 
our children and they are her children and they're the greatest gift in the world. We celebrated with my mother and my mother-in-law and we celebrate. I thought that Mother's Day was supposed to celebrate the magical gift that is motherhood. And yet the Democratic Party is like, on Mother's Day, stand up for abortion. This is the most counterintuitive pitch for Mother's Day I have ever heard. It's bizarre. It's like on St. Patrick's Day, stand up for the, uh, the Irish potato famine. All right. The, uh, fine. This is the argument you want to make. By the, by the way, this is the position of the, of the Democratic Party. Hakeem Jeffries, the, 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 I keep citing Orwell, but it really is Orwellian language. Hakeem Jeffries, the, the entire Democratic Party is now using the language government-mandated pregnancy. No, it's government-mandated not killing the unborn. You know what mandated the pregnancy? The process of biology. That's what mandated the pregnancy. It's like saying government-mandated digestion. Like if you eat the food, it's going to be digested. This is, all right, here we go. The stakes are really high. Uh, we're talking about a struggle between liberty and tyranny, a struggle between a woman's freedom to make her own health care decisions and government mandated pregnancies, even in the case of rape or incest. That is extreme. It's radical. It's dangerous. And it must be stopped. Government mandated pregnancies, government mandated pregnancies. They make it sound as though Republicans are strapping women down, forcibly impregnating them and then forcing them to have the baby. That's what happens in The Handmaid's Tale, by the way. It's mass rape of women who are then forced to who are forced to carry to term after being essentially mass raped. That is not what is happening in the United States of America. And anybody who tells you that it is, is lying to you. They're just lying. You know, the reason the Democrats keep saying rape and incest, because those are the only arguments that are even even emotionally or intellectually mildly cogent. So what they do is they use edge cases to argue for the ninety nine point nine percent of cases that are not rape or incest. that are just people getting pregnant and not wanting the baby and wanting to do away with the baby. That's it. For whatever reason. Okay, so relegated to these bad arguments, Democrats have to come up with some alternatives. So they've come up with a few. So the alternatives that they have come up with. Before I even get to that, I just want to point out how how prominent this thinking is. The the prominent thinking on the left is again that pregnancy is some sort of weird biological imposition by an alien, and and it, it's not a predictable result of sexual activity in any way. Even though that has been how every mammalian species propagates for all of time. And SNL, I thought, did the the SNL's arguments here are are the worst part of this. I mean, it's really it's it's amazing. The fact that they think that these are cogent arguments demonstrates how insane the backwards logic of the left is when it comes to abortion. So SNL here is Kate McKinnon and Colin Jost, who again, between them have done, I don't know, two funny things over the past five years, maybe. They're, they they have a really, they're like a Bob Euchre-like batting average here. So she plays Amy Coney Barrett and they're talking about abortion. Listen to the logic that they're using in favor of abortion here. You were asking about safe haven laws where you can legally leave a baby at a fire station, no questions asked. That's right, Colin. I just like... I don't understand why you need abortion because you can leave a baby anywhere in the United States. So like, what's the big deal? Just pop it. Just, just do the nine and plop. Just, just, just do the what? Just, yes, just do your nine, you know? Do your nine, leave it on the sidewalk, wrap it up in a little, like a little Moses, put in a little basket. Send it down the creek. Just do your nine, you know? It's simple. If you you are a murderer, if you have an abortion, but you're not a murderer if you put a baby in a bag in a mailbox and that tracks and is good to me. 
These people are so crazy. So we are now comparing laws that allow you to put a baby essentially up for anonymous adoption to killing the baby. Very solid stuff. Ashley Judd, by the way, has a piece along the same lines over at USA Today talking about how her mom, who just died, needs to be valued because of abortion or something. Again, the, the, the lot, what motherhood should be? Motherhood should always be a choice. Does that sound radical to you? Does that sound like I wish my sister and I hadn't been born? If that's what you think, I will gladly direct my incandescent rage at you. How much could we as a society possibly value motherhood when it is assumed to be an inevitability? Well, I mean, if you have sex, that is definitely a possibility. Again, that has been mammalian biology for all of time. When we accept as normal that women and girls will drop out of school and the workforce because they are expected to take on the unpaid labor of childcare. What do you mean expected? You mean like when you have a baby, you're supposed to take care of it? When did, the, when did these things become the not natural state of things? I'm just wondering, when did, when did we determine as a society that sex does not lead to pregnancy, which does not lead to childbirth, and also you have no responsibility to the child you bear? When did, when did we decide this as a society? And if we did, that makes us a pretty egregiously gruesome society, does it not? But this is the, uh, this is the pitch. This is the pitch. So coming up, the Democrats don't have any good arguments here. And so they've just started to lie about what Republicans are going to do. They're going to ban condoms. They're going to ban contraceptives. Oh, my God, we'll find a Republican who says something we don't like and we'll make it the national issue. All of this is incredibly stupid. Well, you know what else is incredibly stupid? Not having the best employees at your company. You need to be constantly upgrading your employee base. And this is why you need Zip Recruiter. If you own a growing business and you need to hire, Zip Recruiter makes hiring so much easier. They do the work for you. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Zip Recruiter uses powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review those recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within one day. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1, 2022. In fact, the hardest thing you have to do, remember their special URL, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's where you go to try ZipRecruiter for free. Once again, at ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. We've been using it here at Daily Wire for years. That's when we end up with excellent producers like Bradford, who makes sure that this show is ship shape. And that way, if the show goes sideways, I know who to blame. Check out ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire right now. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. All right, unless you've been locked in a pantry for the last couple of months, by now you've heard of Shut In. That's Daily Wire's latest original film. But seriously, if you haven't seen Shut In, you really should. One of the things that surprised us after releasing the movie, we found there were certain themes that resonated really strongly with our audience, particularly the drive of the main character. She's a mom who will do anything she needs to do to protect her kids. So we cut a new trailer that really captured that and released it yesterday for Mother's Day. Take a look. Mama, why are you in there? I messed up real bad. I'm a bad mom. It's I-J-K-L-N-O-P. It's L-M-N-O-P. Daddy's not bad, okay? He's just sick. Just like Mama was sick. But I got better. Jessica. I can smell the weakness from here. Did they teach you hope and rehab? I'll come back when you're back to your old self. Rob! Rob owes me money. Don't you touch my kids! 
Mommy, please come out. I'm scared. I can't get out. You can't get out. You just need to try harder. You go back to the same miserable life. You use drugs to get away from. Please let me out. What good is this to me now? I'm a bad mom. But I'm trying. Let's practice my ABCs, okay? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Shut In is great. You're really going to enjoy it. It's one of our most accessed pieces of content over at Daily Wear. It has an audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 96%. It is that good. Here's the deal. When you sign up for a membership with The Daily Wire to watch films like Shut In, you help us stick it to woke Hollywood by helping us build entertainment alternatives. In fact, the dollars that you're spending with us are going to go toward developing kids programming, right? We committed $100 million bucks to creating DW Kids because Disney has lost its mind. We would like to indoctrinate your kids with a not-so-secret gay agenda. Those are their words, not ours. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Sign up for a membership and don't miss Shut In. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe together. Let's build a future we can believe in. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So Democrats not having a particularly compelling argument here. They just have to lie about what is about to happen across the country or what is currently happening or what people are talking about. They just have to lie about all of these things because they have decided on a bizarre presumption about the nature of the universe. Okay, being an adult is about taking care of kids. That is what being an adult is. Being an adult is about you have babies and you rear babies and you take care of your babies. Those are the, those are the things. Those are the things that make you an adult and a good human being. And we as a society apparently have reversed that presumption. So if you get pregnant, you're not supposed to have the baby or at least it's really up to you. And then if you do carry the baby all the way to term, then it's really up to society to take care of the baby. It's not up to you. And we can't expect anything of you. Our society has now become entirely about treating adults as children and children as disposable. That is apparently the presumption of the left. Adults are kids with no sense of responsibility, no need for them to take responsibility for their actions, no need to preserve the impact on the lives of other human beings who they've created, and no responsibility for those people that they've created. Like, I'm a parent. I can't even imagine the possibility, forget about abortion itself. The possibility that the left suggests, which is that I don't have a responsibility to take care of my kids, you have a responsibility to take care of my kids, is the most insipid and disgusting thing. It truly is. This is the argument that you constantly hear from the Well, if you're not in favor of universal pre-K, how can you oppose abortion? Well, I don't think you should kill the baby. And also, I think you should take care of your baby. I don't know when any of this stuff became controversial. If, if, if those propositions, don't murder your kid, take care of your kid. If these are controversial propositions to you, I'm just wondering how you sleep at night. Truly, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the answer is cognitive dissonance. You just lie to yourself. You're standing up for a fundamental right. You're standing up for a broader liberty, a liberty that doesn't require you to, you know, not kill the unborn child or take care of it. But that liberty is super important to, to justify your personal sense of entitlement and your personal sense of fulfillment that comes from, from whatever sexual authenticity you are seeking. Okay, so what they have to do now is they have to lie. Okay, because the reality is the way this is going to break down is that states like Illinois are going to become abortion havens and states like Mississippi are not. That's just the way this is going to work. And until the point at which there's a broad national consensus, the broad national consensus on abortion is not going to change, which means there's going to be different state consensuses on the issue. So, for example, in Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, he says 
Illinois is basically going to be a giant abortion mill. If they're going to restrict or ban abortion, we're prepared here. We're making sure, again, that we're going to stand up for a woman's right to choose in the state of Illinois. We may be an island, but we're a protective island for anybody that comes here. Protective island. By the way, California is doing the same thing. They say that they want their taxpayers to sponsor abortions. They're sponsoring homelessness, heroin use, and abortion in California. Come on in. Sounds great. Can't imagine why people are running away. Meanwhile, over in Mississippi, as Tate Reeves says, they're now going to speak on behalf of unborn children. Right, so you're going to get different takes from different states on this particular issue. Abortion involves not only uh, the mother and, and that particular life, but it also involves the life of an unborn American child, an unborn American child that doesn't have the ability uh, to speak for themselves. And that's why it's important folks like me uh, take this opportunity to stand up and, and speak on their behalf. So that's a very important differentiating factor. So you are going to get different states doing different things. So the media are going to now suggest that the, 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 now we go on the, the big quest, the big quest by the media. We find a Republican who says something that we think is mildly edgy, and then we just willfully misinterpret it so that you feel threatened on ancillary issues. This is what they do every time this issue comes up. We're going to go find Todd Akin, a Senate candidate you've never heard of. And he said something stupid about rape and abortion. And then we are going to blast it all over the media and make every Republican defend it. Meanwhile, you got the entire Democratic Party like, we will stab this baby in the head right before it enters the birth canal. No one has to answer for that. But there's this basic no-name somewhere who said a thing about abortion we don't like. So everyone has to answer for that. So this is the quest of the media now. And so they're just going to lie about it. And they're going to lie about it. So multiple times over the weekend, we've seen this. So one, we saw over the weekend, Democrats suggesting that Mitch McConnell was going to kill the filibuster if Republicans take the Senate in order to push pro-life legislation. He actively said the opposite. He actively said the opposite, Mitch McConnell. He said, maybe if we had 60 votes in the Senate, we could push hardcore pro-life legislation. We don't, and we're not killing the filibuster for literally any reason. He said, if the leaked opinion overturning Roe became the final opinion, legislative bodies, not only at the state level, but at the federal level, could certainly legislate in that area. But he said, he also said, we are not going to overturn the filibuster. But here is what Politico reported. The comments have lit a fire under Democrats who've been panicked about their midterm prospects until now. And where last week enabled them to change the conversation from inflation to the likelihood of Roe being overturned, McConnell's comments all but ensure another week of abortion-related headlines Republicans may not like. And give Democrats a potent response to one of the arguments we've heard from conservatives since the release of the draft opinion. McConnell's words suggest Republicans actually support nationwide restrictions. I mean, we do. We support nationwide. Also, we don't have the votes for it. Also, they're not going to kill the filibuster to do it. This will end up being a state issue. So they are willfully misinterpreting McConnell in order to achieve a Democratic threat level DEFCON 1. And then they're going around the country and they're trolling for stories that they just lie about, by the way. So, for example, we saw a there was a tweet that had something like 14,000 retweets okay, from Pam Keith Esquire in Florida, the CEO of the Center for Employment Justice and a, con a candidate for Congress in 2020 who lost. And she tweeted, Tennessee just banned Plan B and made it a crime punishable by a $50,000 fine to order it. Here's the reality. Tennessee did not ban Plan B. They banned prescribing the abortion pill via telemedicine, which was only approved by the FDA last year due to the pandemic. Okay, so they just lie about things. Or for example, there's an Arizona Senate candidate, Blake Masters. Okay, and he said, on his website, that he thinks that Griswold versus Connecticut is wrongly decided. 
Griswold versus Connecticut is wrongly decided. Okay? Griswold versus Connecticut was a case about whether there's an inherent right to contraception in the Constitution of the United States for people who are not married. Now, two things can be true. One, the Constitution does not cover this issue, and there is no constitutional right to this stuff. And two, I'm perfectly fine with anybody getting contraception in the United States. This happens to be Blake Masters' position. The media just lie about it. So they say that because he opposes Griswold, which is a horribly stupid case in which the Supreme Court decided there was a generalized right to privacy discernible in the Constitution from emanations and penumbras. This, By the way, that phrase gets mocked in every law school class ever because it's stupid and idiotic. If you say that the case is wrongly decided, it means that you're in favor of banning contraception. The entire media ran with this line. Arizona Republican Senate candidate wants to ban contraception. No, Blake Masters does not, you idiots. This is like saying that if you want the First Amendment upheld, it's because you want Americans to say the N-word. No, I want the First Amendment upheld and also Americans not to say the N-word. I don't, Griswold is a terrible case. It's a stupid case. It's a badly decided case. And also I'm not interested in legislation banning the use of contraception. That's Blake Masters, so the media have to lie about it. And they just keep lying about this stuff. And, and it's over and over and over they're lying about this stuff. It's, it really is an incredible thing to watch the media lie about all of this. They just try to find a candidate and then they try to lie about what the candidate says. Someone texted me a tweet from somebody suggesting that Marsha Blackburn wanted to ban abortion in cases where the mother's life is in danger. That is not true. There's not a pro-lifer anywhere in America who wants to do that. This is not a pro-life position. No one holds that position. They have to now make up right-wing positions. You know why? Because if you actually look at their position, their position is so extreme. You don't have to make it up. Their position is abortion all nine months until birth any reason. This is the actual Democratic Party platform. You don't have to make up the Republican platform. Like if you want to argue against the Republican platform, argue against it. The Republican platform is life ought to be protected from conception. That is the Republican platform. And you can pick and choose like attack points. In the end, Democrats, they have to expand the scope of what they're talking about, because if they actually argue on the abortion issue, they lose. So instead of like, oh, Republicans, they, they did away with Roe, now they're going to do away with condoms. Mm. They're going to do away with the pill. You know what they're going to do? Probably they're probably going to overturn same-sex marriage. Okay, so listen. Again, Obergefell, horribly decided case. Terrible Supreme Court precedent based on nothing. It is complete garbage, that opinion. Also, there is no nationwide state or local movement to get rid of gay marriage. There isn't. There's so little of a movement on that basis that before Obergefell, I was libertarian on this issue at the state level and suggested that states should get out of the business of marriage entirely because I saw what was coming down the pike. I wrote about this, I think, 2012, 2013, explicitly saying that states should get out of the business of marriage because otherwise what would happen is the left would grab a hold of gay marriage and cram it down on religious communities all over the United States. Right, that is, but this is, but the argument that the left has to make the argument, again, they're, they're trying to scare people here about things that do not typically scare a lot of people. Abortion is not an issue that, that scares tons of Americans. It is not. The reason being, the vast majority of Americans make choices about their reproductive lives that do not involve abortion. And if you really, really want to live in a pro-abortion state, there are plenty of them. But instead, what they're going to do is they're going to say, everything is at risk. All of your liberties are at risk, all of them. So you have Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, for example, says everything is at risk now, everything. Every other right under a right to privacy could be at risk, whether it's LGBTQ mm. equality, whether it's marriage equality, whether it's it's literally any right that has been decided over the past 50 years 
Four justices in the last hearings that I've witnessed have said that precedent matters and that precedent is the foundation of our legal system. And so if they just feel they can just upend this precedent because yeah. they don't like it today, well, that's inconsistent with what they promised the judges, excuse me, what they promised the senators who voted for them. This is what the Democrats are arguing now. So they're, they're arguing. I'm not kidding you. Bakari Seller said on CNN yesterday that Democrats believe, and the New York Times editorial page says this too. They say the Supreme Court might now overturn interracial marriage in the Constitution. Yes, I'm sure that's going to happen, guys. You're right. In the year 2022, the Supreme Court is not only going to overturn Loving versus Virginia, states everywhere are going to ban interracial marriage. Nailed it. Nailed it, guys. Or this is all scare tactic crap from you. The New York Times has an entire piece on this today, trying to scare people into this. When the Supreme Court heard arguments in December over the fate of the constitutional right to abortion, it was already clear that other rights, notably including same-sex marriage, could be at risk if the court overruled Roe versus Wade. The logic of that legal argument, Justice Sonia Sotomayor predicted, would produce a jurisprudential tsunami that could sweep away other precedents too. Again, I love the idea that Democrats are now pro-precedent. There was no precedent for Obergefell before Obergefell. There wasn't. There was no precedent for the Obamacare case before the Obamacare case. They don't give a crap about precedent. There's an entire party dedicated to uprooting millennia old traditions on behalf of untried bad progressive ideas. And like, oh, well, precedent matters here, guys. They found the one precedent they like. The justices' questions on the broader consequences of a decision eliminating the right to abortion were probing but abstract and conditional. The disclosure last Friday of a draft opinion that would overturn Roe, the 1973 decision that established a constitutional right to abortion, has made those questions urgent and concrete. The opinion by Justice Samuel Alito provided conflicting signals about its sweep and consequences. On the one hand, he asserted, in a sort of disclaimer that struck a defensive tone, other rights would remain secure. He wrote, quote, to ensure that our decision is not misunderstood or mischaracterized, we emphasize our decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion and no other right. Nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. On the other hand, the logic of the opinion left plenty of room for debate. So in other words, yeah, we, we understand that you explicitly said that you're not going to overrule Loving, and we understand that you explicitly said that you're not going to overrule Obergefell. But you might, mightn't you? They're lying to you. They're lying to you, and they're trying to scare you, and this is the shtick now. The shtick is that they're, they, they're coming after everything you care about. They're overcoming everything. They, by the way, they're doing the same thing with regard to Tate Reeves in Mississippi, the suggestion being that he's going to come along and he's going to ban contraceptives. So according to the left, what comes next is not that states have different policies on abortion, which involves the taking of an unborn human life. The argument from the left is now they're going to come after gays and they're going to come after interracial marriage. And the reason they're making these arguments is because their arguments on abortion are really, really lacking and they have to find some other way of freaking you out. That's what they, that's what they have to do. So... If they think that that argument is somehow going to work for them in 2022, I think that they have another thing coming. By the way, it's because their arguments are so bad that they really do in the end just have to rely on silencing people. This is why you have a, a new ministry of truth over at the Biden administration. So there's new audio that has now emerged of Nina Jankowicz, who is the head of the Department of Disinformation at the Department of Homeland Security, this Bureau of Disinformation. She's going to be policing disinformation and misinformation. Notice what Democrats characterize as misinformation and disinformation that must be silenced. It is not misinformation and disinformation to lie about Republican contraceptive policy. That's not misinformation or disinformation. What's misinformation or disinformation is anything they don't like. So here, for example, is Nina Jankowicz 
who we were assured by Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Department of Homeland Security, is an objective for us here. Nina Jankowitz says misinformation is stuff that, you know, includes like gender disinformation. We've got gendered abuse, which is the the typical sort of stuff that you see that any woman in public life has experienced before, picking apart your appearance, uh, using gendered slurs against you. Then a subset of that is gendered disinformation. So that's false or misleading information um, that uses gendered tropes. So it might be, for instance, this is a big one that we tracked in the report, Kamala Harris slept her way to the top. Or it might be uh, that uh, Jacinda Ardern, another one that we found, is actually a man, uh, that she couldn't be in the position of power that she's in. She is uh, a trans man. And that's why she she is where she is. Um, so equating those two, two bits of argument, are uh, that's kind of weird. So you don't have to make the argument that you, you can say both arguments are wrong, but there is no evidence that Jacinda Ardern is a man. Kamala Harris did have an affair with Willie Brown, who was the mayor of San Francisco, and then was elevated into positions of power with the help of Willie Brown. That's not Russian disinformation. She also later cites as gendered disinformation that has to be policed, Ilhan Omar marrying her brother, which um, there's some evidence that there were some legal doings with regard to her brother's immigration status and her marital status that are quite questionable. But according to the new Ministry of Truth, we're supposed to just believe whatever they have to say. It's, um, it is disturbing. All of this is, is deeply disturbing and it should be disturbing to you. It's also deeply disturbing, I think, to most Americans. Most Americans don't trust the people who are jabbering at them about the far left wing on abortion. They don't trust them on that. What Americans are gonna come down to in 2022 is the stuff that they can see right in front of their face. Not what people speculate about what's gonna happen in the future. Not what they speculate about contraceptive care or same-sex marriage or interracial marriage or any of this stuff. They're not gonna vote based on that. They are going to be staring directly in the face of their own economic circumstances, and this is what is going to drive them to the polls in 2022. They're going to be looking directly at the question of whether there's more crime in their city. Because that's not speculative. All the rest of this is speculative, and it means that you have to trust Democrats and their assessment of reality in order to vote that way. Those sorts of arguments do not win elections. The kinds of arguments that win elections are, who's in charge, are they doing a good job, and is it making my life better? And if the answer is no, Democrats are going to get clocked. Unfortunately for Democrats, the answer right now is no. And they can try to crack down on informational dissemination as much as they wish. They can lie as much as they want. They can protest outside justices' homes. They can talk about abortion until they are blue in the face. That ain't going to move the votes. So keep on lying. Keep on trying it. Double down and see how it works out for you. All right, we'll be back here later today for an additional hour of content. Coming up soon is The Matt Wall Show. It airs 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Bradford Carrington, executive producer Jeremy Boring, supervising producer Mathis Glover, production manager Pavel Wydowski, associate producer Savannah Dominguez-Morris, editor Adam Saievitz, audio mixer Mike Coromina, hair and makeup artist and wardrobe, Fabiola Cristina, production coordinator, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022.
Today on the Matt Wall Show, pro-abortion militants invaded churches, committed arson, harassed Supreme Court justices at their homes, and did all of this with the implicit and sometimes explicit support of the most powerful Democrats and leftists in the country. We'll discuss, also, we'll debunk some of the most outrageous anti-life propaganda we've heard from the media over the past week. Speaking of outrageous, a self-described queer teacher explains how she uses board games to sexually indoctrinate her kids. And Chet Hanks has an inspiring message for social justice warriors that you want to hear. Plus, We'll fact check the fact checkers over at NPR. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.